Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss genetic variants in childhood cancer survivors, checking your iron levels with a picture app, and a more effective vitamin. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 63 for the week of December 14th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. I'm Alex Ross. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is X10.2, contact with fats and cooking oils. Mm. How'd you know about that one? Uh, well, you know, I know you're quite the chef, if you will. Uh, well, I like to pretend I am sometimes. Um, obviously, though, uh, once I get into the story, you'll probably realize that I'm not, in fact. So, so all of our Thanksgiving plans got canceled. Yes. And I, for one, happen to, to really like my turkey and mashed potatoes and whatnot. And I certainly wasn't going to give that up. Uh, so after Thanksgiving, when everything went on sale, I decided mm-hmm. to have another Thanksgiving. And I actually, I went out and bought a big old turkey and I, I got out my big kettle Okay. And I did okay. what every aspiring chef does, uh, and they dunk a frozen turkey into hot oil. Ah, yes, yes. It was fun. Um, I only got a, a little burned. Uh, right. My friends are now calling me Two Face. I mm-hmm. don't know exactly why. That it doesn't quite make sense to me, but <laughs> <laughs> I would never, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, uh, yeah, I I am a chef. Yes. Also, with the you better be careful with the Christmas cookies coming up. Man, I sure do like there's those. There's a lot Christmas of fats and oils involved there too, so we better watch out. Better not cry. Better not pout because I'm telling you why. Diagnosis code X ten point two is very serious. <laughs> As I prepare to uh, make my cookies for Santa Claus, <laughs> as I do yeah. every year, because people right. who don't believe in Santa frankly are just dumb Uh, wow jeez that's harsh like the the santa deniers and the flat earthers can go hang out together because frankly there's just no evidence that he does not exist i mean come on luckily dr fauci came out and said that santa is indeed immune to covid19 oh thank good i mean i knew he was he's a magical being yeah right he's a magical being yes now of course i'm not suggesting that being a magical being exempts you from possibly behaving uh unethically in terms of sourcing your labor correct 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 very nice but to deny his existence that's just silly so (laughs) be careful when you're making cookies for him as i know you are because he's real and he sees you when you're sleeping and with us get to the news first up we have check your ancestry for cardiomyopathy Scientists at St. Jude's Children Research Hospital recently identified genetic variants in childhood cancer survivors of African ancestry. These genetic variants increase their risk of treatment-related heart problems. Cardiomyopathy occurs at significantly higher rates in childhood cancer survivors than the general population. The study found that when compared to European ancestry survivors, the African ancestry survivors are 2.5 times more likely to develop cardiomyopathy. After finding that this group was at a higher risk, the researchers looked for biologic mechanisms to account for the difference. They accounted for two distinct genetic variants. One occurs only in African descent 
and increases the risk of cardiomyopathy by 4.5 times. The second variant increases risk by 5 times for African descent, but only 1.3 times for European descent. Interesting. Very, very interesting indeed. I wonder if Ancestry.com had anything to do with this. Probably not, but you never know. <laughs> right, it's one of those things. They, they've now claimed the trademark on having relatives in the past. Yes, correct. No one, yes. no one is allowed to have family. They members. own your family. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we knew that uh, your lineage and, and where that lineage stems from often has some kind of impact just on your overall health, let alone mm-hmm. individual health concern, uh, conditions right? like cardiomyopathy. So knowing that, though, that makes sense that we can take better precautions and, and kind of be on the lookout for those potential side effects, especially in vulnerable groups like childhood cancer survivors. Yes. Next up, fingernail selfies may be a digital biomarker. AnimoCheck is a new mobile app that uses pictures of fingernails to determine if someone is getting enough iron. The app measures hemoglobin levels, which are likely indicators of anemia. It measures this by analyzing the color of a person's fingernail beds in a picture. It then uses an algorithm to determine the amount of hemoglobin in the blood. More than 2 billion people are affected by anemia. Iron deficiencies can cause fatigue, pregnancy complications, and, in severe cases, cardiac arrest. You know, my my first thought about this was, I wonder if it can tell uh, if the, the results. If the dress is gold and yes. white or blue yes, and black. Yes, or purple and black. Yeah, or blue <laughs> and black. Whichever. <laughs> it probably can. But all, most importantly, I want to know if it can tell um, any kind of results based on if it was taken by someone who takes a picture of their fingernail and they bite their fingernails. Well, I would hope so, but going, you back, never know. The, going back to the dress thing, um, my initial thought was it, you can't, your sensor has to be more than just what color is something because color of things is affected so much mm-hmm. by the light that's around us. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at something at sunset, it's going to appear warm and yellow. Whereas if you look at that same thing at high noon, it's going to appear more cool and blue colored. Yes. And same thing with all kinds of just different lights and, and whatnot that we have in our houses or our offices. All of that is subjective. So, you know, I wonder, I I guess they probably thought of this, right? And maybe they, had they to have, you forced think. your yes. camera to use the flash because mm-hmm. flashes are generally the same color temperature. Um, it's one of those things, though, where it's like, uh, do I trust? How that? accurate is I this? Know. I mean, I feel like you probably might have to take a picture a few times of your fingernail because of that, as well as, I mean, is it different for different uh, phones? Because different phones have different camera resolutions. Next up, a hard pill to swallow if you're a vitamin company. Traditional pill and tablet vitamins have relatively poor bioavailability meaning that only a small amount of their nutrients stay in the body. The reason for this is a biological process called first-pass metabolism. The GI tract breaks down and weakens chemical compounds that are ingested before they reach systematic circulation. Because of this, vitamin users can lose up to 94% of nutrients. But scientists have been studying how the skin works to deliver medicines and nutrients. 
This has resulted in hypospray, a pharmaceutical-grade guideline for delivering molecules into the body across the skin. By delivering nutrients through the skin, people get more of the beneficial compounds into the system through full absorption to experience the total effects. It reminds me of, uh, my dad would always make the joke about taking vitamins, that he's actually Mm -hmm. creating just really expensive urine. Ooh, oh, wow, oh, that's a good turn. (laughs) Because so much of it is just removed and never actually utilized. Yes. Do you think if if they figure out how to get as much nutrients as possible that they're going to also make superhumans because of how vitamin and nutrient rich we are at that point? I'm pretty sure there is a limit to how much vitamins. (laughs) There's no limit. No, (laughs) (laughs) there is no limit. Uh, No, but I think this is kind of cool because anything that gets applied to the skin is like it's kind of been trending very slowly up and up. I did a, a project in college with a transdermal patch and it was like it gave you caffeine through the skin by putting on this patch. And it was kind of an interesting idea. So these have been around for a long time. Um, and I think it would be kind of cool if lotions started doing stuff like this and figured out a way to also add vitamins into your skin um, I mean, we, as we well as moisturize it. Oh, we have medicated lotions. The issue is true. Getting that vitamin medicated lotions. more. Well, some of them are, you know, you've got your vitamin E lotions for your smooth skin. But the, the issue with those is getting those vitamins to be systemically distributed rather than mm-hmm. just absorbing into the skin. The skin gets to use them and gets those benefits, but it really doesn't go any farther than that. It just kind of hangs around locally. That is kind of the challenge. So obviously, some things are going to get distributed. Some some substances, like caffeine or nicotine, when they use patches for those, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not sure that vitamins and minerals will act the same way, but obviously they think they will because we're trying it. And with that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, where we talk about the latest, greatest, biggest, most recent cybersecurity breaches all across the entire globe. First up, showing no mercy when looking at patient data. Mercy Health informed its patients of a medical records incident that occurred earlier this year. A former employee had access medical records information that was not essential for the performance of their work-related duties. This information included patients' names, dates of birth, addresses, medical record numbers, treatment details, and radiology images. The employee also accessed the health insurance ID numbers for a small number of patients, but they hadn't viewed patient credit card or financial details. Mercy Health fired this employee and provided education to current staff regarding compliance to ensure that a similar incident wouldn't happen again. The health system is offering free membership to Identity Theft Protection Services for a year, and they highlighted other efforts that patients can take to protect themselves from identity theft. Um, so this just goes back to educating your staff. But right. I think Mercy did a very good job. But I also think that it, it was depending a on, way, yeah, depending on, I mean, how severe it was. I mean, obviously, they're going to withhold some information here and there when they're talking and they're dropping a story to the public. But 
it sounds kind of harsh. <laughs> I don't know. This might have been a repeat offender or something like that. We don't know, but. It really depends on the context, right? If yep. they were accessing these things in performance of their duties, even though they really weren't supposed to be, you know, maybe they were helping people out or something like that, mm -hmm. and, and there wasn't a malicious intent, then perhaps I agree with you. However, it's it's probably one of those situations where it was purposeful. It was, yeah, I'm going to look around and see what I can find because I can. And it, it's that kind of, like, willing disregard of the rules that absolutely should require a termination, like, without a yeah. doubt. Because, because this situation is subject to a fine, right? Yep. This did break HIPAA rules. So, mm -hmm. like, the, the business is going to get hit for this. And, frankly, you have to punish the employee. Yeah, and that's what I was going to kind of touch on. It was, it, it could be either two ways, either someone who was accidentally doing it and it's true accident or someone actually did this maliciously. And those do happen. We've seen that before and we've covered that on our blog. So if you don't know, visit our blog at etactics.com forward slash blog and learn about malicious HIPAA compliance breaches. Or famous people who had HIPAA compliance breaches. Also that's celebrities. A, that's a good article. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next up, time to recruit some new members of your cybersecurity team. One of the world's leading recruiting agencies, Randstad, is the victim of ransomware. Randstad said it had recently been aware of malicious activity on its network. The company's operations have not been compromised, but that the hacker accessed and published sensitive data. Randstad employs more than 38,000 people across 38 different countries and helped 2 million candidates find jobs in 2019. The firm says that it's dedicating significant resources to deal with the incident. It didn't share whether it plans to pay the ransom to prevent more data from being publicly leaked. It's one of those weird balances every time. Do you pay the yep. ransom and take the chance that they leak it anyway? Mm-hmm. It's like walking the plank. It's like a modern-day version of walking the plank. You either walk the plank or you stay on the ship and you go to prison, in the jail on the ship, you know? Well, or not. Or, the, or they, or, oh, yeah, or the pirates do worse, you know? It's happened before. And then throw and, you overboard anyway. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's what a good metaphor, you know? Ransomware is like walking the plank. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, I imagine that Ransad has the, the, uh, the capital to pay the ransom, but, right. It could also be one of those cases where the person who attacked them knows how much money they make because if they're helping 2 million candidates find jobs in 2019, then they are a massive company. Um, right. So they could also charge a lot of money to release or to give their data back to Randstad. I'm surprised that we don't hear more stories of hackers going after like payroll resources. Not, not to uh, give anyone ideas. Don't give them ideas. more ideas. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of those things where it would be really, like, timely. you got to respond to this now because your employees are expecting to be paid yes, on payday. Exactly. True. That would be really bad. Very disruptive. Yes. Speaking of really bad, next up in an unfortunate chain of events, Monroe Surgical Hospital is notifying individuals of a service provider security incident that involved personal information of some patients and customers. The hospital uses a lockbox service, Iberia Bank, to collect and process payments. Iberia Bank then uses a third-party technology management resources 
to scan and process those payments. In July, Technology Management Resources discovered that an employee's user account had been compromised from August 2018 to May of 2020. According to TMR, the investigation found that the hacker potentially viewed images containing PHI. Iberia Bank is offering the affected Monroe Surgical Hospital patients and customers a credit card and identity theft protection plan. What a description of this. Uh, so basically, of events. because this is a, a pretty complicated one, let me break it down for you. Basically, Monroe Surgical Hospital's vendor's vendor suffered a breach, which affected the patients at Monroe Surgical Hospital, even though Monroe didn't directly contract with that vendor. <laughs> it's almost like trying to figure out, like, that's my third cousin twice removed on my mother's side. Right. So, so let me put it into terms that we can all understand. This is like your grandparent getting in a car accident and your neck breaks. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> it's like a voodoo doll situation. Even though you didn't get in the car with your grandparent, you got in the car mm -hmm. with your parent. Right. 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 Now it all makes sense to me. That happens very often. So it's an epidemic. Of those, this is a good opportunity, though, to talk about due diligence. I mean, when you're selecting vendors, one of the questions you should ask is, who do you use for who these do you vendor who do you, with? Who does your payment transactions, things like that? Yes. And, and you all should part of the auditing process. Right. Engage with that that vendor as well and ask questions. I feel like at a certain point, I mean, if you do the auditing process and I mean, it could end up being a huge process because it's like, all right, I'm going to call my vendor and evaluate their vendors. And then they're going to, they're going to, I'm going to evaluate that vendor's vendor. And then that vendor's <laughs> vendor's vendor's vendors, you know, it could it's get out of control pretty quick. There, where's the line, Alex? Where's the line? I guess you can also ask that question though, of your direct vendors. What are you doing to prevent security problems from your vendors from leaking over into, into me? Yeah, this is a very, very uh, easy to follow along section. So thank you for listening. <laughs> well, that is it for this week's wrap up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross. And I'm Matt Moneypenny. And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.